Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Tune the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been yeah, this is the Black Country Blokes, Tuna Fat. With me, Kev Dill, Lee Cadman, Craig Pinches, Aaron Jew. And today we're joined by a very special guest, my dad, Bob Dylan. Now we're going to be talking a lot about Bob's life uh, from growing up. Well, in fact, you, what a lot of people don't know is you were born in Ireland, wasn't you? Yeah, Southern Ireland, yeah. Because yeah. granddad, he was a football player, wasn't he? Yeah. My dad, your granddad, he, um, he played over in Ireland. He was a pro footballer in those days. They earned, uh, they earned a good wage. If the, the local working man earned three quid, if you played professional football, you used to earn, say, five quid a week. Um, and that was a lot of money in them days. And so he, he, uh, he used to go off to Ireland. His dad was an Irish uh, man, um, Southern Irish, who was a jockey, whose brother, who I'm named after, uh, won the derby. Uh, there was a famous Irish family. Um, and he brought them all. He went from being the jockey family, um, the Dillons, and he played professional football. Like then, because like, you come back up when you were very young, and like you did, like back in the day, uh, it's very, it, the Irish had such racism, didn't they? I remember you saying one day, like Grandad told you that you're actually Irish, and you went to school, and he told your friends that you're Irish, and I went from being your best friend to bullying you because of something you had no idea about. That's when my life changed. I went from this. Um, I got dyslexia, um, which wasn't such a word then when I was a child. Um, I got severe hearing problems because your adenoids became rotten because they just didn't take your tonsils out. Oh, we'll go out and they, they got there and it poisoned all the back of my ears, so I became deaf and, and I had a speech impediment and all the things that you should have as a child. Um, you know, illness and uh, not being able to go out and play and stuff. But I was a chirpy little kid and I used to go and play with the big lads and the, and, and, and the young ones kicking football and, and I loved it. Always had imagination through going to hospital from the age of two, three, four, five, always in hospital. So dyslexia and, and missing education. Um, I, I was, you know, I was one of those kids in today, you'd, you'd hope that you'd be looked after more. But back then it was like, um, he's thick, he's thick. Um, I got all my mates and we left King Swinford where it was a lovely place, uh, Beach Road. Went up to a place called Bromley Lane, Ketley Fields, which was the new state of the art place and went up there and met friends straight away, because that's what children do. If you leave children alone and let them, if we could take everybody away and we would allow children to play, they're still cruel, because that's nature, it's vibe, but there'd be no racism as such, and there'd be, you know, it's what, what we get poisoned by. So I'm there, I'm playing away with all my mates and I'm doing the usual thing. Uh, somebody says something and I'm kicking off and playing football and we've lost, so I'm kicking off and, on this little ginger, little ginger shit who's, who's doing what he does and going off and playing with horses when, and, and, and risking. And then the one day, uh, my mum just happened to drop, say to me, um, when I asked me, it was I bought mum? And she said, cork. And I said, is that anywhere near the hospital, mum? And they said, no, and they just explained to me, I'd be about, I'd be about five, or, between five and seven. 
I said, you was born in Ireland? They went, oh, right. And I've gone out and I've got friends that was born in Wales or their parents were from Wales and Scotland. And I went out and I was playing football and they said, we used to play a game called World Cup. And uh, it was just like, you'd all pick a country you were going to be and whoever scored the goals. You, and I said, I'm going to be Ireland. And everybody looked at me and went, what? Why Ireland? I said, that's where I was born. Oh, great, man. And for that, for that hour that we played football, I was special. Because I, I was from abroad. Real abroad, where you had to like get across water to get where I was abroad, and I felt great. I remember feeling great. I was the uh, the goalkeeper, the left back, the centre half, and the centre forward for Ireland, and I was playing. I thought, oh, this is great being Irish. I haven't got a clue what Irish meant. This is great being Irish, and um, I remember going in to uh, have my tea and sitting down, because um, like I say, me 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 dad played professional football over there. He played for Birmingham City as a, as a youth, his apprenticeship, then he played for Crystal Palace and Nottingham Forest. And then he went off and played in Ireland for Waterford and Cork. And he played for England select, uh, for Ireland select against, he was high class and all the names, I got all the paperwork there. So I've come out really bouncing, six, five, six, seven years of age, really bouncing. And let's come out for the second part to play World Cup. Um, a couple of them called me an Irish bastard. And I ain't got a clue what bastard meant. And I went, what does that mean? And then they, the, the venom started. And I remember going in and being so... And uh, when I look back, that would be the parents. Yeah. Nah, I was an Irish bastard, is it? Because all the, all the paddies, me, all the paddies, because uh, my dad was English, but all the paddies um, worked on building sites and that was all the labourers. Yeah. When I look back, when I look back, even to when I was like 20, I can't remember Irish brickies, I can't remember the Irish, all I remember, everybody was, was the labourer, they came over, and that's where the word, the navvy, because the paddies came over and their dad dug the canals, and you was always led to believe that, you know, paddy, you're thick, that's why you're thick, that's why you can't read and write. I ain't been to, I, I've been in hospital all my life, basically all my life, what my parents did for me, and that's where I get my parenting skills from, and the ability to use this. Yeah. The one thing that I'll never take away from me is my imagination. So, and I got that from my mum and dad, that was sitting for hours and talked to me. It was Grandad Bernard that got you into boxing, wasn't Yeah, it? yeah, well, again, like, um, I said I was a little shit. I, I was as good as gold. It's when somebody would press the wrong button. Mm. I didn't care how big they were. I would fly. I would just fly. No, no mm. process. Instead of turning around and saying, leave it go, we'll get fed up of doing it. Which I would now. Leave it go, we'll get fed up of doing it. It was like, we'll fly off the hand. And you're born with that. Mm. We're born with that. We're animals. Some of us are gorillas. Some of us are lions. Some of us are um, cheetahs. Some of us are orangutans. Some of us, we're all different animals that come together. And mm. inside here, I'm on about, we're, we're all different. Because if one man walks away, it doesn't make him a coward, it makes him a clever man. Yeah. You know, but I would fly off the end, and, and that has followed me through life. Not proud of it, not ashamed of it, not proud of it. But, um, so I, I go to the big school, which, which was like, to me, in my mind, it was like the days of Oliver Twist. I've gone to that school, very little learning, and I'll sit down with this teacher called uh, Mr. Lees, and I sat at the desk like that happy, 
Can you remember going to the big school? Yeah. My nerves. I didn't know what nerves was. And maybe that's what's causing my anxieties now. That all them years ago, the part of the brain that has no, doesn't know why yeah. you're frightened, just says run. Yeah. As far as your brain's concerned, there's three parts of the brain. Survival, you know, eat, mate, eat, mate, you know, just keep, keep the species going. Then the other part that starts to think, and then there's the other part, the front part, that says, you, you, you better run. Because that grizzly bear ain't going to be a sandwich, you're going to be this sandwich. So maybe that's what's done me with my anxiety and why I sometimes I get. So um, I'd be at school, I'd be 11 years of age, which I was, and I'd be walking back up Standhills Road and somebody would call me a name because I had a speech impediment for me years. Yeah. And only by luck did a, a speech therapist that was working in the school to help people that was behind on reading yeah. and she was teaching me to read to catch up. She taught me to speak properly. I'm the luckiest man in the world. With the people that I've met in life, I'm the luckiest man in the world. And I'll come to the way, what, I believe in, what I believe is good about luck. So, I comes in again. Black eye, blazer ripped again. Them days, you couldn't just go and buy another blazer because that was like a lot of money. Yeah. So out come my mum. Love of my life. I've been so lucky with women in my life. And she, she fixed the blazer so you couldn't tell. And that's what they did back in them days. The, the women knew how to, how to repair things, how to repair your socks, how to repair your blazer, how to do stuff, because they had to, because... It was craft. It, it was craft. Yeah, there was craft. You took your car to be fixed. They fixed it. Yeah. Now they replace it. You, you know, so... Uh, and he says, right, if there'd been karate about, I think they would have took me karate school. But he, was a, he loved his boxing dad, did he? He, he loved it. He was the only one I remember when Cassius Clay um, was boxing. He, ooh, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, who he listened to it and he, and he got on his hand and knees when I was three and four. And he, he taught me how to jab. That taught me how to jab. That taught me how to move, how to, how to punch. No coach taught me that. He taught me, sat on his knees and he did that. And he was a window cleaner and he'd come back with his hands frozen in this weather. And he'd sit on his hands and knees and playing before he had his dinner. Parenting skills. Parenting skills. Same with him. So, you, you, you know, Paddy. I say, yeah, that's not my husband. And they feel I'm the Paddy you take on the racism. How old were you when you got into boxing? Yeah, 11. And I went down to Kimber Boxing Club and the, and the people there will always have a big, big chunk of that art. Uh, the, my art doesn't belong to me, it belongs to so many different people. And uh, I, I went in there and um, they gave me a skipping rope. And I, uh, I had a rash around here with my tongue. Like, <laughs> <laughs> skip. Up. And um, that's all he did. You know, and he kept looking out what the coach did. And then I went down the Thursday and he, 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 uh, my dad, with everybody smoke, went outside and they were all having a smoke. And um, he put a pair of gloves on me. And uh, he got in there, the coach did, and uh, he knocked seven bells of shit out of me. To me, he was most probably, in my, in my eyes, I was having a beat up. Yeah. In his eyes, it was just bump, mm -hmm. bump. We wouldn't do that. And that's why we wouldn't do that. You know, don't treat others like, you, well, if you've been bad with you, treat them how you've been treated properly or how you'd like to be treated. That's yeah. just our philosophy. So I, I cried, I come out, out the ring crying. And um, my dad walked in and he said, what's going on there? I said, he hit me. And he said, why? And the dad said, well, I'll put them on with you if you fancy hitting people. Anyway, 
I think we turned up the following Tuesday, more so his dad could have another nip at the couch, knowing not on now now. <laughs> knowing what I know now. And um, you, you know, we'll go down Tuesday. Daddy, buddy, no, no, you're going down Tuesday. So we went down the following Tuesday, and I spied a kid called Philip Askey, I think his name was. And we become real good friends. And uh, he beat the shit out of me. And he was, he was like a schoolboy champion. And he was good. When I look back, he was good. And then that Thursday, I got medical. Wow, <laughs> wow, talk about the land of the alligator yeah. fighting the. So, um, when was this though? Back in the 70s. Oh, so yeah, back 60s. in the 70s. I'm 62 now, so 11 off 62 is 50, 51. 51. Wow, that's a lot of years, isn't it? Yeah. I was 11, 11 and a half, coming nearly 12, and I got medical. And you, you just went to the doctor and he, he took your pulse. Well, he didn't even take your foot. He looked at you and breathed. But, uh, you do know yeah, boxing right. is dangerous, don't you? Yeah, I'll tell my daddy why I let me do it then. I didn't, like, I didn't like the idea of it. You know what I mean? Just give me a ball. I'll go and kick a ball. And, you know, that paddy word ain't such a bad word. I won't fight no more then. You know what I mean? That's, that's the way I thought as a child. Oh, I like the word paddy. Dad, I, I quite like it. Nice and easy. Oh, yeah, come on, yeah, we're going back down there. Um, and every Tuesday and Thursday after that, I used to pretend I'd got the flu. Uh, <laughs> Oh, no, 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 you're going, you're going. Music, you're going, no, no, you're going. And uh, he did great things for me. But it was the old coaches down there, the old professional coaches that was got flat noses and were punchy. And, and there was a lovely man called Reg. Shame on me, I forgot his last name. Reg Guttridge. Old Reg. He'd um, been a Japanese prisoner of war. He was a great big tall man from Kidderminster. Phil Sullivan, I think, was the other guy, a little guy that was his friend. And um, and this is what I love about fighters. I'm talking fighters. Yeah. This guy had had like I've hundreds of bouts and he'd been a prisoner of war. No, he'd never been a prisoner of war. He, he, he was a war hero. When he died, it all come out. I cried. I was away again. I've missed so much through boxing. I've gained so much. Uh, and he, they taught me, old Jack. Uh, he'd got a nose right across his face, he'd learned to block with his face. He always used to say to me, you know, if they hit you, they're in range. <laughs> well, that's going to know. <laughs> I'd miss that one. No, don't worry about getting hit, son, he'd say. No, don't worry about getting hit, um, old Bricky, uh, Jack was. Uh, when they hit you, they're in range. So when they hit you, just punch. And you'll hit something. As long as it's not the referee, you'll be all right. Just, <laughs> and that's how I learned to box. But they took me in, and there was a wonderful guy called Chris Jenkins, and I think he fought for European uh, professional titles. And, and yeah, he was the one that him and Red taught me the, the little slips and the slides and how to block. And didn't call it a block, he put a block on that and a slip on that, and they taught me. And my best asset was my feet and my reflexes. I, I used to like to have my hands on my chest, and, and they taught me them little things. They taught you. There's no, they used to go down there to keep fit, these guys out and punch you back because they was old timers and they were the most beautiful people in the world. And I knew it at the time, only you couldn't put a label on it. So I learned to box down there and I think I lost my first six. I got stopped in my first two because them days you were put in and you were, um, you were matched. Uh, how tall is he and what's his weight like? Jump on the scale, yeah, what's a stone? You can carry that on here, bag of taters. I remember the conversations. You tell me to get down the road now and get a bag of co uh, a jar of coffee, a bag of sugar, and uh, uh, tomato sauce. I'll come back with something totally different. <laughs> Brock remember these things that happened because it was done with, um, and they taught me to block, to slip, to slide, to punch. Um, and when I boxed, 
Um, they would always ring the next day. How's he got on? Oh, he's got to stop again. Keep him going with it, Brendan. My dad, some would call him Brendan, some would call him Bernard. Go, go with him. And my name's Bernard. And um, so off I go, and off I go. And then all of a sudden, I found, oh, hang on. I've got him telling me to box like this, and I've got him telling me to box like that. And I went in there one day because I'd been watching Harley. I've been watching some boxer anyway. I think it was Cassius Clay. And uh, I remember watching and thinking, I can do that. So I've got my gloves and the coach is talking to me. Jeff Hampton, God love him. Ran a club on his own. Worked his heart out. Nobody ever appreciated the bloke. But another hero in sport. They're all to be given MBEs. Jeff Adams, uh, Hampton. So I get in the ring and I have my hands down here. And I move around the ring and I'm popping off the jab. And I can tell you where it was. It was in Kingsmanford Youth Club where it was all the youth clubs come together. And um, all the youth clubs in, the, in this part of the Midlands came together down there and they just threw you all in and whether you'd boxed or played football, whether you got no arms or whether you do whatever, they just matched you for your weight within a stone. And I remember getting on my toes and popping the lad. And he was a bully from Ali Hall, apparently. I learned after. He was a local bully from Ali Hall that walked around with the, the skinhead gear on and whatever. And I got on my toes and I popped, pop, pop. And I thought, wow. Pop, 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 pop. And now I'm a kid who goes to school and I'm still being bullied. Well, the teachers, more than anybody, yeah. that encouraged the children to bully me. Yeah, there was two great teachers, a Mr. Evans and a Mr. Jenkins, that was my best mates. And uh, I had the cane off Mr. Evans a couple of times and he said to me, come on, Bernie, you know what you've done wrong. And the Mr. Jenkins was a Canadian teacher um, who came over and he was he was phenomenal and they, they always give me belief to get me through school because I could have been one of them kids that ended it because yeah. I was so sad to go to school I hated it yeah. I fell in love every day with a different girl but I hadn't got the courage to speak to him because of my speech impediment <laughs> so back to the boxing I learned to pop and move and, pop, and I thought wow and then I went on a woof I went down the spring where did your name Bob come from? well I boxed for Kimber as Bernard Dillon Rightly so, because that's what they've given me the name for. Never forgive her for it, but there you go. <laughs> um, Bernard Stephen Dillon. I always said, well, why couldn't you just put the Stephen before? You was named after your uh, Uncle Bernard who won the derby. Oh, I wish you'd do it. I wish you hadn't won that derby. <laughs> um, you know. Um, so, I was boxing for Kimba and doing all right. And there was a phenomenal coach called Red Steel that was the Wally um, coach. who He was light years in front, Red Steel was, with, with, with sport with sport, not just boxing. So I go and box for, uh, I'm boxing. I boxed a couple of these lads. I'm not going to mention names because it, you, you start mentioning who you beat or whatever, then it, it sounds like you're belittling people. Mm -hmm. But I fought two real, real good lads from Woolley. Real good lads. And I remember watching them on the show before I boxed and thinking, that's, that's how I want to box. Look how sharp they are and look how fit they are. I'm training twice a week, sometimes once a week down Kimber because Jeff was doing his best for us. And uh, I boxed in, I beat it, and, you know, it was tough bouts, but I found my style. I wasn't coached. I found my style. Pop and move, and pop, pop and move, and, and I was 18, and I went to box Red Steel, and we boxed, and I went to box up the Summerhill Hotel, and um, I could have a lot of bouts for Kimber, because one day you box in Wales, and you come back, and then the next day you box in Birmingham, so that's what you hardly trained. You was always out boxing. Yeah. You didn't want a bad thing. Mm. And then the matching was bizarre and that, but all of a sudden you're winning things. And that's how you, you were box fit. 
and they say about footballers, you're match fit. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd, I'd always do that. So then I went to war and it was different. It was structured, ba-boom. It was structured, this is structured. And he taught me to block. And he said, is that what that's called, a block? Red Steel, oh, phenomenal coach. Anybody, Richie Woodall, who's one of my best friends, talks about Red Steel, we love. Because Reg helped his dad, Lenny, was another phenomenal coach. Taught him how to coach and, and they work and they was good friends and funny characters. Again, characters that mould you. Not by telling you, but by showing you. Be talking and laughing and joking. So I boxed there for him and I boxed up the summer hill and um, fought this uh, real tough kid. And I'm boxing and I throw the right hand and I've got all that hurt. Because I always threw the right hand with my hand open. Because I'd always box like that to block and to parry and hook off there. The only thing I want me, I, I use my backhand for was for waving at people. Uh, that's if I stopped anybody, it was off the hook. You know, and boom, boom. And the gloves that we wore, oh my life. Might as well have been bare knuckle. There was old horse hair and you'd, before you got him, you'd move the horse hair over and I used to bandage my hands. So my hands would be tight there and the knuckles would come through. And I think, I know I'm doing it, because he's doing it. Right, you get in there, you'd stop him and, and whatever. Anyway, so uh, Red Steel uh, said to me, um, he put it in the paper, um, England select, going out to Germany to box. Um, I'd like Bob Dylan. I'd like Bernard Dylan um, to come as part of the team. Just fought this guy from Wally, Mick. And uh, done a great thing, I, I want to go there. And it, it didn't happen, I didn't go, I didn't get selected. But I thought, you know, why am I down here, Kimber? Because there was a bit of disarray going on and Jeff, who set the club up, was having people come in and try and take over and he'd worked so hard, Jeff Hampton had, he, for me, a, a hero. Um, so I went to Wally, I went up to Wally and I said, look, can I come up here? Bump, yes. And them days, I suppose you'd call it poaching now. Yeah, come on, because he'd mm. give me a little bit. And I went up there. So I boxed and I boxed this lad and I, uh, I threw the backhand and I felt my thumb go. I felt that thumb touch that. I know, and I knew I broke it because I wet myself. <laughs> but, oh, that's filled the box up with piss. So I've walked over and I've sat down and I've, I've expected I oh, will pull you out. And I've sat there. What about about the red steel? Magnificent specimen as a man. Short hair like, a, like a, uh, uh, an actor, an Italian actor. And he says, all right, so you've got him on there and you're boxing well, you're doing really well. I said, I think I brought my backhand. He said, well, hit the fucker with the other hand twice as hard. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. And I was more afraid of him yeah. in that moment than I was of the other guy. Yeah, yeah. The other guy's trying to kill me. Yeah. And I've gone, leave it to me. And I've gone out and I thought completely, I got, I reverted back to what I thought the boxer should be. And this was the moral of the story with me and boxing. So I've gone out there, I've boxed, and I've boxed on a split. And I've put that down to my brain. I've had it all plastered. I've gone the next day. I've had it plastered. I'm 18. And, and then I go up to the gym and I'm working on my jab and, and, and again I lost a couple for Wally more or less straight off and I was devastated. I've left to have the best coach and he was the best coach. And I'd misinterpreted coaching, which is my big strength. I'd misinterpreted what he meant. You know, the blocks and the parries and have your hands up here. That's great. You're learning the skill. So anyway, he comes up to me and he says to me, uh, I've been thinking about you. He said, do you like the name Bob? Well, I love the name Bob. I've got a collie dog called Bob. I love the name Bob. Why would I not like Bob? He says, oh, I'm ever so happy about that. We're going to call you Bob. And I went, what? He says, I'm never taking anybody in the ring again called Bernard. <laughs> he says, your mum and dad must have hated you. 
I walked up, not a smile or anything, and from then on I was Bob in boxing, and it spread like the flu. In the papers, I was Bob. So a lot of the times when I was in the papers winning amateur fights, you know, them days you was always in papers, the Express and Star was everywhere. It was everywhere. It was like, and that's how it come. And then people, when I was boxing, in boxing called me Bob, and people who I worked with would call me Dill or Bernie. So I had three names. And then when I met the love of my life, Julie, and uh, met her and whatever, what's your name? Bernie. Blah, blah, blah. Hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. What are you giving me a wrong name for? <laughs> no, 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 give me that shit. Oh, I'll see you one of those, I have. Oh, if you take the noose off and don't kick the stool, I'll tell you all about it. And then, um, and then when she'd come visiting, like, you know, around my house, and she's talking, that, that was the love of my life, and um, he's been with me ever since. But the moral of the story there is, yeah, the name's funny where it's gone, and, and to this day when I tell people, but it was the coaching bit. I'd gone to the best coach in the country, and instead of doing what boxers should do, yeah, I will learn how to block, I will learn how to parry, I will learn how to... Uh, I, 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 I named the stuff different now at GB. When I say do a block, now I say do a shield. So it gives you, the, it gives you an idea of what you do. What do you use a shield for? To deflect, to yeah. block. Boxers have all got to have this balance, shape, and everything. It's how they interpret it with a self. <coughs> Lennox Lewis couldn't box like Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson couldn't box like Ali. They're all brilliant boxing their own right, aren't they? But what they all have is balance, shape and guard. Foundation. We call it the GB way. Um, Rotunda, it was a great Liverpool club. Um, I talk a lot with Paul Wormsley and people from, from there. That's what they did. They, and we did it by accident more than anything. Well, we'd always taught it at Worley, but because like a guy uh, at Worley that was on our committee, he cocked up the lease up there, so we had to leave. So Wally Boxing Club was never shut down. We had to leave, and we came here because a wonderful man called Glen Orton, I don't know if he's still alive or not, when we were looking to start a club and it was banned in Dudley, uh, he, he helped us sort this out, and then a, a magnificent man who's always helped us with everything, Dave Tyler. Anyway, so Wally came in, we called ourselves Wally Strike Lions because we didn't want the name Wally to... Sorry, Dave, you've, you've missed a bit. Like, from when you, when, uh, you finished boxing at whatever age, and then you went back into coaching, didn't you? Yeah. Well, that was... See, look, I'm a big believer in fate. And fate and determination will, will get you to go as high as you want. Some of us don't want to go any higher because it's frightening up there, you know. So, my son, Richard, is good at football and he's got this mate, whose name I can't remember. Uh, he, he's done a little bit of boxing. He wants to do boxing again. So I said, well, I'll take it down Kimber rather than all that walling, have a look. And uh, I took him down Kimber and I've done a bit of training. I said to Jeff, can I bring him down? He just wants to do a bit of training and I'll do a bit of training as well. And then I ended up meeting a guy called um, Gary uh, Tomlinson's dad, uh, Colin, oh, Colin, and, um, and uh, Brian Gwilt, who was boxers there. And I'm on the backs, popping, popping. And Jeff said to me, while my lad and his friend was training, I'm just down there to make sure they're not going to get munched. And I'm doing a bit of coaching with him. And he said, do us a favour, Bob. In the early 30s, 30? Uh, can you walk these two around? Walk them around. I haven't boxed for two years, and I heard that these kids had a few bags, and you know, up on my toes and popping, and, and I realised I've got that much more experience. So I coached them while I was boxing, like the old men had taught me, and like he did at Worley, helped your colleagues. And I 
used to coach them and talk them and then I'd go down there and I did less on the bags and more coaching. And then Jeff would say to me, um, can you do us a favour, any chance of you coming with me? Because you didn't need a coaching card them days. Uh, our life's changed. And uh, we'd get the kids in, we go, and uh, we got stuck in coaching, me and Jeff did. And uh, that first year of coaching, Richard packed in him because he was all football. He was just a fag to get him with his, be with his mate. And uh, that first year, we had three national champions. And Jeff went, can't believe what we've just done. Kevin Newton, James, who used, uh, used to come here, his son used to, Jason. Jason got told this. No. His son used to box for a couple of times, then he went to, he left. Uh, Travelling uh, kid. Um, Jones. Jason Jones. Won it. Then we had another kid. And he, he, he won, all three won. And all it was, was teaching the basics. But where my gift came from was, we taught them how to stand, step in, turn the feet, off, punch off that shoulder, punch to the nearest thing, and move. No, blah, blah, blah. And we used to get them moving forward, back, left and right. That's all I used to do, that came back. Forward, back, left and right. And if your feet aren't quick, if, use your feet for defending and your hands for punching. That was my philosophy. And then I taught them how to like def deflect and punch. And we got like three champions. And then they went from like the club that was um, uh, one or me. It was Jeff who gave me. Go on, mate. Mm. That's what they're doing, you know, to create something. Mm. And then somebody that boxed for you then left you and then come back. Uh, well, I went back. So that's what happened. Um, and I was coaching. And then something horrible happened. Um, something horrible happened. We was down there and whatever, and then um, all of a sudden, um, certain kids that I, I took to box, they uh, they say, oh, a certain person who I loved. He said, oh, don't listen to him all the while, listen to me. And that's what happens. Yeah. And it's, 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 I hate the word, it's like a cancer. Mm. Jealousy is a form of cancer. Um, uh, a guy in boxing called Paul King once said to me, they'll find a cure for cancer, you know, and they'll find a cure for AIDS. He said, but the green-eyed dragon, I'll never find a cure for that. Because I was having a lot of... So, <clears throat> that was it. Um, so I got into it, and then Red Steel rang me up, and he said to me, you fancy a game of golf? Um, Wednesday, um, I'm at work. Uh, I have the day off. All right, I'll have the day off. Bring in sick. Oh, I'll go. That'll do for me. Uh, I'll need to chat with you. All right, see you then, bum. So I had to travel all over, wherever it was, Hilltop. And um, he said, look, I've got cancer, I'm a dying. I just cried. Off I ran to golf. I thought he really wants this game of golf bad, doesn't he? He really wants to win this game of golf bad. It's only 50p been playing for. He's telling me he's a dime. Um, and he said, I want you to take over my club. He said, he's doing such a great job down there. Just come up, me join. He said, you'll work with a guy called Dennis Jackson. Knew Dennis Jackson really well. Another top England coach. Boxed a few of his lads. Uh, and John Shakespeare, who's the nearest thing to a brother I've ever had in my life, and I love him. We drive each other mad because um, I'm yin and he's yang. You can polar opposite. Oh, yeah. Big million change. miles away. Million miles away. With lifelong oh. like, like It's Uncle John, isn't it? Like, you know, Auntie Leslie and Uncle John. Yeah. You know, yeah. They've, they've been closer family than blood ever has, haven't they? Every but time anything's speak, gone... Got, you ain't got to be blood to be family. No, no. You're my family. Yeah. You're my family. I, I see you more than I see... Uncles and aunties, you're my family. Yeah. I'll turn up at the show when I'm lucky enough. You guys come over. Why do you think I'll give you a kiss in the cuddle? If I don't like you, I don't give you breath. Yeah. <laughs> because what, why do I want to? If you offend me, cut the hand off. So, um, 
Yeah, so uh, New Jackson and Big John, Dennis Jackson, and uh, I got there. Big John was on the verge of do I go another year? He'd won everything, he'd won ABA titles as a super heavyweight. Great feet. You look at John's build and whatever, 6 1, short heavyweight, great feet, great coordination. The quiet man, if ever a name was, was created for something, the quiet man, hmm. you know, he could, he's, he's six foot. Magnificent big frame and whatever, you stick him in the middle of a room, he, you'd, you'd lose it. You'd blend, you'd lose him. He's met some good lads as well, hasn't he? I've heard in the. Uh, he beat him. They mentioned names again. Look, Clifton Mitchell, yeah. who was a great Joe boxer Egan. or whatever, knocked him out. But he was a lucky shot because Clifton said it was a lucky shot. <laughs> Amazing, you know, when you knock people out, <laughs> you, had a, you had a little bit of luck, but that was a lucky shot. It was class. <laughs> and he fought the one guy who was about 18 foot tall, John did, and he came out. And he tells the story in that black country accent. Is everything that's good in life, John? Is um, no ego, no nothing. Oh, I just can't tell you how much I love the man. He's my brother, and uh, it's, uh, it drives me mad. <laughs> drives me mad. With yeah. like, because we're different coaching. Drives me mad. All he's now and stuff like that. But I've got the right to say that because he's my brother. Mm, Nobody yeah. else has got the right to criticise him in any way. And um, this great big. Magnificent specimen, Shaka Zulu. You know what I mean? Comes out and everybody went, oh, oh dear. And this is a guy that the previous year has had a steamroller run over his foot and he's lost half his foot. Big John. And what yeah. they did, yeah, Big John is at work and he's on the. It's a graph that is, is as honest as the days long. He's tarmacking, because he's a tarmac and he's a fantastic tradesman. And I. It's just the knowledge that he has, but nobody knows it. And he's there, and I was just turning around and saying this, and the bloke saying, come on here, the roller. I would, imagine that. Still toe caps, with the steel turns into a knife, doesn't it? Because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crushed. Boom. And then, because they've got the tarmac on, they can't let tarmac go off, they put him in a wheelbarrow. Put him in a wheelbarrow. And said, all right, the ambulance is coming, and they carried on. And the ambulance, <laughs> that's John. You want to talk about hard? You want to talk about hard? I'll tell you hard. John Shakespeare. And they take him to hospital, they cut his foot off, half his foot off, and they stitch it up and whatever. And uh, he ain't bitter. You don't blame that bloke for saying stop, he ain't. Because John's in the purest form. He's a man. I've made those children. I will help to raise them children. I will do what I need to do for them children. And his wife, little Lex. He's, he's, he's this great big Irish wolfhound that will, and she's the little Jack Russell that will take anybody on. <laughs> Such beautiful people, and that's what I'm proud of being from the black country. But, uh, so, yeah, so I go back up there, and um, John's there doing that, and we used to, I used to pick him up on the way there, and um, when he weren't working, and uh, we, we kind of like, I said, well, I'm going to come up here and start coaching, but I'm going to get my coaching badge, and then I'm going to start a place in Pensney, and it's on the main road, up towards Russell's Hall, and there's a like a community centre on your right hand side, next to a pub. And I was going to start a boxing club there. I said, "But Steely says to come up here and start doing coaching here." And John says, "Oh, like, well, let's do it together." Oh, I've had enough of this now. I'm yeah. I'm boxing people and, and 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 that, and I've got kids, and so we did. We just did it together. And I went on my level one, and then John went on his level one. I went on my level two, and John went on two, and I went on my level three. Then John done his level three. And we just done it together and we ended up with a team. We ended up with people, Timmy Broadbridge. Wow. From Droitwich, uh, from Redditch, 
and he boxed for Redditch Club, where I had a great club registered, all natural talent. They weren't taught how to block, mm. paddy, slip or slide. They, how you learn is you copy. Yeah. How you learn is you copy. And we got there and we taught them how to block and parry, but my gift is motivation. Mm. Who you are. You're a human being, you've got a soul, and if you've got the will, the will will always out the talent. And uh, we'd, I'd look at somebody and I'd say, he's got a box like Jersey Joe Walcott. Or he's got a box like Sugar Ray Robinson. Well, I love the old fighters. Or he's got a fight like Cassius Clay. Or he's got a fight like Sonny Liston. Or he's got a fight like Henry Cooper with that. And we do it. And we get there and we get in the reds. So there's me. Wow, wow, wow. And there's John. Like a whisper in the field. And go up. But we, we and then we, we done that. And we, we just coached and we coached. And then there was Jeff Adams. From, uh, from Droid, there was Steve Hanley, there was Jason Gonzalez, and we'd go and we beat everybody everywhere. And there was a, we had an heavyweight called Mark Clays, who um, he, beat, he beat all the heavyweights. All the heavyweights that had been to ABAs, and, um, and there were so many, and there was Paul Newey, who came back, who, and everybody went like, wow. And then that happened with the club, with Wally, where this guy, Morris kicked us out, so Wally stroke came here and the Lions, then we had a phone call off an old guy called Cyril, who'd left Warley and gone to Stanford, and said, look, we want to reinstate Warley Boxing Club. Can we, like, have the night? I said, yeah, no problem. We, we, cause yeah. That's why we never called this Brawley Hill or Hallbush, because we never knew how long we were going to stay here. So, and we said even back then, like 20 years ago, um, the postcode lottery, well, if, if I'm a Penn's netter, I can't go there because I'm not from Brawley or if I'm from Kay for Warley. Yeah. So we come up with the idea of the Lions, so it was universal. Yep. Mm. And that's why we've had people from Stairport, Ludlow, Handsworth have travelled yeah. down because it wasn't the postcode lottery. You were allowed to go <coughs> somewhere away from your district. It was a neutral area, I neutral suppose. Area. Neutral grounds, wasn't yeah. it? Because here is very territorial. Mm. This is very, very... If you think where we are in the Midlands, you go from Kingsmith mm. of Wally, the dialect's different yeah. to what it is in Brawley Hill. Yeah. When you go from Brawley Hill, Brawley or Dudley, you get to Cradley, you're in a different world. Yeah. You get to Old Hill, that cost them to that lad. Mm. I remember a guy called Dave Binns, great England coach, another great England coach, done me level three, level four with him, funny dude. He went to the Old Hill, um, the championships was on, and he, he went into the cafeteria. He's from Durham. And he said, can I have a cup of coffee, please, love? And she says, ah. And he thought, that must mean, yeah. And she's done it, and she, and he, and she says, uh, Sugar, he went, yeah, and, and, and the woman says, I'm in I'm in I'm in I'm in I'm in And he went, ha, ha, ha. And she went, I'm in And he went, oh, anybody in here called I'm in Well, we, we all know what to say, yeah. but I'm in yeah. And he went, oh, ha, ha. yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 yeah, I'll have, I'll have an I'm in No, I'm in And he went, anybody in here called, he said, I started to panic. He said, oh, woman. And then, so we're in tears, we're in tears when he's telling the story. How <laughs> many? Um, and that's, and me and Richie Woodall, when we were working at GB together, uh, another incredible character his dad was, uh, uh, we laugh about that, because our dialect, but that's what makes us great. Yeah. And then you go to Birmingham, and people say, oh, you're my, you're my brummy, I say. I've supported the Blues, because my dad's played for the yeah. Blues when I was a kid, and I always wanted to be different, so everybody else was supported. The, the wolves and, and when I first came from Ireland, lived there for a little bit with my gran and blah blah blah. So I'm a blue now, so there's a supporter, but I'm a yam yam. Yeah. 
Yeah. And McCracken has my life because he finds our accent hilarious. <laughs> Talk about another coach, I'll come to him in a minute. His <laughs> philosophy and and the way he overcomes prejudice and stuff, McCracken, another level he is. Um, but this club, we said, right, we can't put another, we can't put another name on it. Meet John, Julie and Les, because it's always been the four musketeers. What other wives would allow their husbands to do what we've done? It's, it's, it's wrong to do that to somebody, but that's called love. Yeah. It's also called trust. My Julie is the reason why I am who I am. My parents, but my wife, who cared for both my parents while they was dying, uh, while he was seriously ill, which I'll come to in a bit, what she did and whatever, oh, shame on anybody that says bad about people like Julie. Um, love of my life, and I mean that with all my heart. But um, so we decided, like you know, gave our uh, gave our first year's holiday that we was doing this up, and our holiday money did did this little shed up, and 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 we John and Julie and Leslie and we got the young kids off the estate because they was vandalising everything. Yeah. We'd do something, come next day, be vandalised. I remember saying, "Enough's enough now." I've always dealt with life this way. So we've come up, vandalised again. They couldn't get in the door. They'd done stuff. So I've gone down to the little bull pub on the corner here. I've walked in and I'm all there. Uh, it's another breed now. It's like the Vikings have come back. I'm all there. The great one watched, I used to call them. I've walked in. I says, um, can I have a orange juice, please, in a, in a nice dainty glass with a nice? There's a man asking for orange juice in a woman's glass. I've done it on purpose. I knew what I was doing. And I got it and I had a drink like that. On my own. I didn't take Big John with me, you know. <laughs> didn't do none of that. Because I'm not all I'm not wired upright. That's what I put down, not wired upright. So I've had a drink and I'm there and I've got these leather waistcoats on and I'm there and it's like and I've gone, uh, All right, lads. And they've gone, yeah, and I've looked round and I've goes, Right, I've got all your faces now. I says, um, just a courtesy call. I'm the guy with the boxing club. And the one guy's telling me, yeah, 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 boxing club. That won't be there for much longer. It'll be burned down that all. I went, not a problem. You're the one I want to talk to. And he's got to be as wide as that city. And uh, love him that big. He can't move. Can't move. It's great. Bigger the target, the easier it is to hit. Right? So I've gone, you're the guy. And they've all gone, ooh, he's talking to the guy. And I've gone, every time a dog shits on the car park, you're having a good hiding. Every time something happens, I'm breaking something. And if you're not about, you're catching it. Did you hear that silence? That's how it went. It's the loudest noise in the world. And they went, listen, Matt, I said, I'm not your mate. Not your mate. Have a nice day. I walked out. Boom. So that tells me the one thing this place always had was community spirit. Yeah. So they've said to all the kids, and that's what people forget. When you get places where it's hard done by and, and, a, and a rough area, there's community spirit. Yeah. So by doing that, they've gone, oh, we better not do it because whoever the guy was, they'll end up having to, he'd have, he'd have been yeah. hospitalised. Yeah. Because that's how we survive. You know, it's no good going into, if you, anyway. So that was it. And then we moved on and then the kids, Steph and all these people, they started coming and they started helping. And then we'd open in the day in the six weeks holiday, we'd open in the day, and the things that we saw was horrific. Mm. 
children riding outside, pouring down the rain with the wellies on in the middle of the summer, pouring down with the wellies on, and they come in and they play and they play. And you think, where's the parents? And then when we come to go, you have to drag kids out because the parents have gone to work and they said to you, you've got two options. You either stay in the house, we lock you in. Stay out and we lock you in. Or you stop out and you say, that's four or five years of age. Right. So we've seen all of that. The kid had to, um, if his mum and dad want, they had to go and stay in the dog kennel. Yes. The one kid, if he, if he didn't stay here, then he had to go back and he, he kicked the dog out the kennel and it was raining going with his brother and sitting there. These are true stories. These are true stories. This isn't, but we, we live in the, we, we're living in the days of Dickens. And we're returning back to that, you see. In the, in the 20 years we've been here, that's nearly gone, but it's returning back to them because we've got to survive people. We need to work. We need to get money to pay the bills. We need yeah. to feed. We need to. We went back to the days of Dickens. Anyway, so um, me and John started. We we went and we started the club. We went to Pensnit um, School. Again, Mr. Orton, Glenn Orton, and uh, Dave yeah. Tyler have been such help from us. And uh, we went in and see if we could make it work. And this is how we started our one, two, three. As a young man, I broke my thumb for stealing, so I had to have a bit of time out and whatever. And um, I went and did karate for 12 months. That's clever, me, innit? I got a broken thumb. I but back in those days, the karate was proper karate. It was Shotokan, it was Wadaru, Wadakai, and it was all different forms. And it was non-contact. Yeah. You know, non-contact. And, and, and then it was semi-contact. You could kick, but you couldn't punch in the face and that. Now, there's a, here's a story. So I'm doing all of that. My thumb gets better. And then I have my first contest in karate. And you, you, you can do that and you can get a point, but you don't hit them. And then you can kick to the body. So they've gone together and they've gone like that. Because Jimmy, I'm going to smack. <laughs> <laughs> Disqualified. And I'm sure I've hit him, he ain't me. Well, that's my philosophy. And then the following week after we get there, and he goes, right, you've learnt that. Yeah, I think I was uh, the one below Greenbelt, I think it was. Been 100 years ago. Before I went to Warley, I bought me hand a couple of times boxing. I was still at Kimvest before I went to Warley. So, um, the following week gets in there again, the kid's there with a black eye and what I'm looking at. And he's, he's like a brown belt and he's going to do me this time. He's going to take my hand off with a kick and he goes, you know, you know where it is, there's no hitting, you can hit there, you can hit there, you can't hit there, you can't kick to the knee, but you can do that. And I'm thinking, just shout at Jimmy. <laughs> and uh, he went, Jimmy, bump! <laughs> Disqualified, and I thought, this ain't for me. This ain't for me. So, um, but I'd learnt how they do their, because I'm a big, I love sport. I love judo, the discipline of judo. Oh, do I love that sport. And before so I thought I took Kevin and gone that way. Because what a sport that is. Discipline and, and, and the way they do the weights and the technique and the skills and the drills. So, we get there, we, we get down to uh, Wally, <laughs> down to Pensit. We hang this bag up, we've had a bracket made, we hang this bag up and uh, two bags up and I got my pads and we got off, we got like six pairs of gloves and six, we only get four or five in, we open the door or it's like going up the mall on you. John come walking in and he went as white as these walls. <laughs> and he says, um, <laughs> women the shit. I said, nobody turned up, mate. He went, oh, that's... <laughs> he said, it's, it's heard of wildebeest out there. He says, women pensing. He said, everybody knows how to fight here. I said, oh, and they walked in and it was like, um, it was like I say, first day when you go to school and everybody's there. And he said, and he looked at me, John, as he always does, and he went, what are you going to do? Not what we're going to do. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, 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 what are you going to do? <laughs> and then I just thought, 
What did they do in karate? In those 40 or 50 years in a, in a lesson? What did they do? So I got them all standing the feet together. I got them bump. I got them bump. I got them turning. Shape. Yeah. Didn't even know what I was doing. This resembles their forward punch, back punch. Forward punch, back punch. And then, and then we came up with this, what they do now, what, what they do now, this skills thing that come from us. And I've got Dave Alloway, Dave um, Putnell and Dave Sattler was there when, when I designed it. Level one, level two, level three. Bronze, silver, gold. Mm. We designed it before anybody and everybody's had that idea, which is great to get in schools. Yeah, yeah. And we did it. Level one was moving forward back. Level two, moving to the sides. Level three was punching. Level four was defending. And then bronze, silver, gold. And that's what we did. And Julie, God love her, um, designed the... Uh, the and uh, that's how we started. And then we said, well, what are we going to call the club? And how we got that was we was walking through Dudley. Me and Julie was shopping. And I said, I ain't got a clue. And I'm a big believer in fate. I'm a big f believer. If you think positive, I'm not one of these, sit down and think positive and it'll come to you. Mm. I'm one of these, think positive and go out there mm. and work. Don't force nothing, yeah. but let it come to you. But look around for it. So I've been walking. I'll never forget, about Dudley shopping. And I've been walking there and what we're going to call it. I looked up and there's a great big lion stood up on his iron legs like that. And I thought, oh, it looks like a boxer. And I went, lion. We'll be the Lions. Mm. That's how we got the name, the Lions. Ain't faint for it. I just happened to look at it because I was obsessed with the old England badge, the three golden yes. Lions. Because whenever you went anywhere, when I become an England culture then, um, even the Cubans and the Russians, they wanted your T-shirt. Mm. Those three Lions at the ABA was phenomenal. And I always wanted that because I'd missed it as a boxer Yeah. because I lacked that ingredient. I wanted it as a coach. And, and that's how the Lions came about. And we got it. And Julie said, what should we do? I said, we're still having three gold ones. have three red ones. And we'll have the Lions badge. Because the Lion stands for for what it is for me. Yeah, courage for one. Courage for one. Loyalty for another. Because if you don't stay together, the hyenas will have you. And the killer instinct. The killer instinct. But not everybody can be the main hunter. Yeah. You've got the people that shepherd them in. If you think about what the Lions stands for, but what's the one thing that they're, they're famous for? Pride. The pride. And that word stands for, for so much. The pride. And that's what we are up here. We're the pride. And people leave us and people come back. we we got a philosophy where if they leave us, then the doors open. If they've been bad and bad mouthless when they've gone, then it's different. When they come back, we say no. Mm. No. You know, and, and that happens a lot. And when, when people have come up here. But that's how we got the name The Lions. And then it happened. We're in this little place here and... Everybody is my name because then I'm an England coach as well. And we, oh, I wonder where you've gone. Before we get into England, coach, because <coughs> I think it's going to finish us on this episode. This is going to be part one. So please pay attention because the next episode is also going to be with Dad on his journey through A, creating the Lions. Now, now we've got our foot in the door. The next step is going to be what the Lions have accomplished and then what Bob went on to do. So until next week, gang. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you'd like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta a bit. Listen, listen, listen.